Hey everybody, I'm Lance Johnson. I'm one of the coaches here at Agency Hacker. And I'm on today with Anna Boyder uh, from Bare Hands Media. Ooh, welcome, Anna. Oh, I should I should offer a little word of caution. This is gonna be a really fun, really dumpster fire heavy podcast. Anna is gonna bring it. So get ready, listeners. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna depart from our normal chill style and just have a lot of craziness on this episode. You're welcome. Anna, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for the intro. <laughs> yeah, I just figured just with our like pre-show conversation, I was like, this this needs to be said. It's going to get weird we in here. <laughs> <laughs> We're, for anybody watching on the video podcast, and if you're not, you should be, you could have a view of Baby Yoda in the background. Uh, not Legos, but apparently Lego, as the kids say these days. Yeah, the plural is Lego, not Legos. I get corrected all the time by my 13-year-old. Yeah. What are 13 year olds for, if not to correct oh, parents yeah, on stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so Anna, Bare Hands Media, tell us about what you guys do. Yeah. So we're a, we're a creative film production and video ad agency. So basically we are, we strictly deal with film and video and commercials, right? Um, and we're light, we're kind of like an agency's agency. So like a, a musician's band, if you will, right? Like we're like the Norma Jean of <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's heard of Norma Jean. Um, but yeah, that was a, an obscure reference already. See, we're getting kicked off, kicked off right. This is perfect. This is perfect. So you guys are like, uh, let's say a bigger agency, maybe they're the agency of record. They, they're like, ah, our client needs an awesome commercial. We're calling bare hands. And then you all come on and work on the project with them. Yeah, right? for sure. So a lot of our clients are other marketing agencies or ad agencies that need a different perspective. Maybe they have a client that wants something just really weirdly out of the box. They'll, they'll call us <laughs> and bring us on the team. <laughs> and then, um, you know, but we do serve businesses where, you know, uh, if you have a business that you need to promote and you're interested in like, you know, dabbling in the commercial uh, you know, arena. Uh, we work with businesses directly as well. Um, but yeah, we're, a lot of times we're working with uh, marketing agencies. A lot of times we're working with other, other video production agencies. Um, they'll yeah. even come over and be like, okay, well, we've got this client, kind of an interesting thing, kind of an intricate puzzle. Let's maybe try to put something together that's, you know, wild. I love it. So how how did you hatch this brainchild, right? Like what were the circumstances that things just got real in Houston and how did it happen? Yeah. Uh, Houston is interesting, man. I love this city. It is so diverse and it's just active and, you know, people are out there. They're the, the entrepreneur vibe here. The energy is just out of this world. And so, you know, a lot of people here are, really getting into, um, you know, the creative and they're really starting to become more interested in um, competing with the big guys, you know, competing with Geico and progressive and, you know, you know, you see those commercials on Hulu and it's like the progressive one, you know, the one where that it's like, uh, we can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you on insurance, you know, it's stuff like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the stuff that like sticks with you, it's memorable and you can like, you know, it, and so, you know, Houstonians are really open to that kind of thing. They're open to wanting to be 
competitive in that market, even though we're, you know, maybe smaller than the Old Spice commercial where it's like, I'm on a horse, you know, (laughs) but we can still compete in that arena. We can still get in there and put our gloves on and, you know, so, you know, that's really how, that's why Houston is thriving right now. We have a huge creative community. I mean, the agencies here are just rad. There's lots of other video production people here that are just doing awesome stuff and we all support each other, um, which is something that's, I think, pretty unique to Houston. We all come together. We're going to, we're going to be something to contend with, I think. That's exciting. And how did you personally get involved in the video production space? Oh, well, um, it's a true like fail, fail your way in in the door. (laughs) I basically tripped and stumbled and crawled and then found my way here. <laughs> uh, let's see, it started. Well, to give you some background, I got my I got my GED, right? My good enough diploma. And then I dropped out of <laughs> college my first year. And then I moved to Phoenix and went to a tech school. I did graduate that. Um, and then I did nice. what most like delusional kids do and moved to LA where I had to have like five jobs to barely pay the rent in my one bedroom apartment that I shared with a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, one of those jobs was working at a trailer house out there. Uh, and it was super cool. Like we, um, I, I started as an intern and then I made my way into the control room where I was digitizing DV tapes from dailies, right? Mm-hmm. So like they would shoot yeah. dailies for big, big feature films, we would digitize them all. And then, um, and then from there, the editors and the edit bays would edit down the commercials or the, you know, the trailers for that film using those dailies. And, um, what's a daily, a daily is where it's all of the footage they shot from that day for the film. And so what's really weird about that is it's, it's before it's like pre VFX, right? So you have blue and green screens, right? Oh, so like wow. how you're edit editing. And um I and then I, you know, one of the editors took me under their wing and you know was teaching me how to edit, and that's how I got into uh film. But the the craziest thing was you were taking these dailies with like all the green and blue screen. And you would have to reference like the script, right? So like there would be this guy like screaming and running from nothing, (laughs) you know? And then like you'd have to check the script and it's like big monster chases guy, you know? And so you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And you just have to like pretend that you know what that's going to look like. And then you you add it into the trailer and you build the trailer from the dailies. It was so wild. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's how I got, that's how I got started into film because I was actually a music uh, I was in, I was into music. And so I was over there working for like metal, metal blade records. And, uh, but it was, you know, I had to do, like I said, five jobs to live in this little one bedroom. And so I ended up, yeah, I ended up in video production, which it kind of translates, right. Music and video and how you edit, especially on the digital platforms. Right. It's very similar. Um, so I just, I, I, I fell in love with it and, you know, Blah blah blah. Lots of things happened, and I ended up in Houston and started Bare Hands. Wow. So yeah, we can't skip over some of those fun things. Those Bare Hands. What year did you start it? We were at uh, 2014 is when we started. 
Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. We were a 2013 baby or agency or whatever. Oh, so you beat us. A lot around the same time. You beat us by yeah. a year. <laughs> so what was the what was it like? Were you just like, okay, I want to move to Houston. We need to start something so I can I like eating. Or go yeah. I should start something or like what was the process? Um okay, so I moved from LA to Houston to actually save up some money. My mom was living here in Houston. And uh, because in New Zealand, they actually have, I don't know if you remember, but this was like back in the time where um, a lot of films were being shot in New Zealand and they had like, there was benefits to creatives moving to New Zealand. Yeah, I remember You know, to, you know, uh, be able to work out there on sets and stuff. And so that was the plan. You know, the plan was to, save up some money, head out to New Zealand, you know, and then, and then I moved here, I was saving up money and I, Lance, I met a drummer. Oh, the drummers. (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) Everyone says that. Just kidding. Just kidding. And then I found out he was a bass player and I was like, Ooh, this is not going (laughs) to (laughs) work. But we had spawned a child. And so, um, yeah, and that is that is my little my little Lego thirteen year old boy. This guy. That's so fun. I know, yeah. and so I've since uh, so I kind of put up roots. You know, I was a single mom for a while, and uh, and then I met my husband, my amazing husband, and we had two more together. And uh, oh. yeah, and I was pregnant with my middle child, and just thought I I and I, I I was working on a media team, and I was just like I I can I can do this better which was so dumb Mm. (laughs) it's like we're it's like the delusion that we all have that when we start we're like i you you start it because you're like this is way overpriced and i could do it so much better and then like five years after that you're like charging the same price or more and doing it maybe as good or maybe a little bit i don't know (laughs) totally it's hysterical so yeah, yeah i hopped out on my own i was like i can do this like this is great and so I started um, Bare Hands Media, and it was it was awesome, and and uh, I loved it. It really did do very well, very fast, uh, which nice. was great. And then we fell on our faces very hard. <laughs> you know, we had this. Uh, do you know the um, Do you know the Yasher business model? The Yasher. No, I don't know that. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> We had the, yeah, sure, business model. Like, oh, do you want to shoot my, you know, my CEO in a talking head video and B-roll of everybody working on their computers at the office? And then I'm going to use it for a Facebook ad campaign. And I went, are you sure you don't want to do something more creative? Like, here's all these creative ideas that we have that we can do for a commercial. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, we'll do do your idea, sure. You know, but what ends up happening what ended up happening to us with that, we had, it was a two, it was a two first. So we had a commercial side of the business and then we had a wedding side of the business doing wedding films and wedding films are, I, I will stand by this until the day I die, like to, to be able to go and shoot weddings. It's, um, it's a different kind of exercise as a filmmaker. It keeps you sharp. You have to read the room really fast. You know, you have to mess, you have to deal with lighting. Nothing is scripted. I mean, even reality shows are scripted, right? But you you come back as an editor. Some of the best editors in the world edit 
wedding films because they're dealing with wow. 20 to 30 hours of footage of non-script non-scripted there's all kinds of problems that can happen throughout the day with your gear with your media with all of that your audio oh my gosh let's talk audio yeah um and so you have to put together this story that has all the ebbs and flows of like what you would do for a feature film you know you need you need the laughing you need the crying you need all of those emotions um and it it's tough man so i i loved having that side of the business as well when i started with that my sister-in-law owns one of those companies that does all of the like really beautiful like print um invitations oh, yeah she does the ones where like you know you open a box and butterflies come out and rainbows shoot oh, you know what i mean she does like the fun. beautiful stuff and um i was officing out of her office when we first started and uh she was like hey i have this uh wedding coming up you should shoot it and i was like i am a filmmaker i would never shoot a wedding <laughs> You know what I mean? And then I took it and I was like, this is great. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, it was just between that was awesome. But then like, because that part of the business was doing so well and we were, you know, fat and happy little babies it's been, you know, just financially comfortable and all of those things, we didn't put the work in that we needed to put in to get our commercial side of the business sustainable and valuable. So the the mm. problem with like the yeah sure is like you're not really putting out the work that you know you need to be putting out to benefit the client, right? It doesn't benefit yeah. the client to not tell the client that their baby is ugly. Like you have yeah. to be you have you have to fight for what you know is right for that client and that client needs you to fight for them and so the the yeah our yeah sure business model has turned into yeah no <laughs> <laughs> we are the yeah no You'd fit in very well in the midwest yeah that'd be perfect yeah <laughs> so yeah that i can really appreciate that where you like at the beginning you're the confidence even if you like know what needs to be done it's hard to be confident that you really, yeah, like being willing to lose the client, right? Of yeah. Like, uh, but I think the long-term effect is if you don't make things that are creative and interesting, then it's not going to get results. And then that's, you're going to lose future clients because you didn't provide anything really. Absolutely. And what happened when, you know, when the shutdowns happened was, you know, we, we were, it was legitimately our walking dead moment because like the I wedding industry dropped out. Like we didn't, we didn't, we didn't put in enough work in the, in the court, in the corporate and commercial side to like really establish who we, who we are as a team. So yep. it just, we just got, man, like I'm telling you, it was paycheck to paycheck making payroll. So oh, like man. one week I was like, Okay, next week I, I have to fire everybody. Like we, it, that's it. We shut wow. down. We need to liquidate, figure it out, and then like a tiny, wow. tiny check would come in, and I'd be like, okay, okay, guys, like for real, <laughs> two weeks from now, <laughs> we are dead. This is when we die. Two weeks, and then another check would come in, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like somebody just put us out of our misery, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so. So, you know, you hear other agencies talk about like, you know, 
walking dead companies or like zombie companies you know that was that was us like we we were there we definitely definitely crawled out of a grave <laughs> so how'd you come back from it because i think that there are a surprising number of companies that have been there right where they we all we just ignore something really critical right or I think sometimes success makes it so it's easier for us. We had a really bad year coming off of an amazing year. We had mm -hmm. a really, really good year and we felt like we had it figured out and we felt like uh, we just got lazy on a couple of our fundamentals, right? And yeah. getting out of it's hard. So how do it you all, is hard. you're here today. You have to be right? a crazy, I'm just crazy. I'm a crazy person. Um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, you once you see the other side of business death, like, guess what? Yeah. There's nothing there. It is desolate. There's no singing <laughs> angels. There's no dangling your little feet no. off a rainbow with like windblown hair and the puppies, you know, there's not, there's none of that. It just sucks. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, what happens in that moment or what happened to me at least is like every client like was flashing before my eyes that we had worked on, you know, in the previous years and all the rad stuff we could have done for them, you know, that, but we didn't cause we didn't want to hurt their little fragile feelings. And, you know, it's, that's what did it for us was really changing our, our mindset. We pivoted, we pivoted our mindset and, with that came the rest of the tail of the dragon, right? Where it was like, we're now, we're now, yeah, no business model. You know, we're yeah. now, we're, we're, we're just going to say no to clients that aren't a good fit for us and choose the ones that are like Whitney Hahn says that are huggable. She's like, you want clients that are huggable? Not, not that you're actually going to hug them. I mean, now, see, now I'm saying I'm going around hugging all my clients, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like just the, the, the energy is there. They trust you, you trust them. You know, it's that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, we had, we had a, a client that came to us and it was actually, it was a small church and uh, in Houston. And they were like, we want something really creative, you know, and, we came up with this really rad, like animated idea where it's this, it's this like sad little flower in a dark forest that's like underneath this like fallen tree. So like when it rains, it's not getting any water and it doesn't get any sunlight. Oh, and its little petals are like flower. falling off, you know, and it's just oh. like so sad. And then like, um, you know, a kid comes over and like picks up the flower and then runs over to the flower bed at the church was just full of different flowers, you know, and everything. And he's this little, little flower. And then um, the whole thing was like a place for belonging. Right. Mm. So like, even like, no matter how, like, you know, how, you know, much of a dumpster fire you are, you, there is a place for you, you know, to belong yeah. with lots of different, you know, flowers and they were like yeah we didn't mean that creative <laughs> <laughs> i like it. it's like wilty flowers welcome yeah you know, like, exactly hey, but it was funny because you know their target market and that's what that's what we like to do is we really like to get into like okay who is it that you're trying to get to who who's who's the person on the other end on the receiving end of this that you want to speak to and their target market was like you know we want broken, weird, 
you know, we, we really like the idea of, you know, single moms or things like that. People that like are just need something more and they need a sense of belonging. Like we take everybody. And, uh, I was like, I am your target market. Mm. I am your target market. So, you know, there, there are times where we have to go out and interview people that are in the market that, I mean, and I literally do that. Like I typically will have a friend or a friend of a friend that is in the type of market that a client is looking for. And I will go sit down and take them to coffee and be like, so what are your behaviors? (laughs) 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 What are the things you're watching? Like what moves you? What's, what's something that would stick with you? What, what commercials you watch that like are memorable to you? You know, what, Mm. what's the last thing you purchased? What's the last thing that you, you know, What's the last service that you, you know, bought into that you didn't think you would, you know, that kind of thing. And why, Um, you know, we really dig into that. And so, you know, when you take a client like that and, and, and to be able to say, I know the target market you're trying to hit, I know what's going to speak to them and having like your leadership up on stage and then B-roll of people in the audience, that's not going to do it for you. Cause I'm immediately, yeah. I'm a heathen. Like I'm going to scroll right past that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like there's no way something like that's going to catch me, but you hit me with like a sad flower. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sad flower for the world. <laughs> so this is really interesting. So you guys, you said you know, instead of a, yeah, sure. We're a, yeah, no agency. Mm-hmm. And was it like an instantaneous change or a process or how how did that work to make that transition? Because it's easy to talk about, but imagine it was pretty tricky because in that church situation, that means they say, ah, probably not, yeah. right? I don't know if they ended up deciding or to go with you all or if they said, we're going to find another studio that like we'll do. Yeah. So do more like what we're looking for. It's rough. So what you're challenged with is, is this leap of <laughs> – I mean, I don't have any better way to say it than like a leap of faith. Like you just Mm -hmm. have to, like I had already seen death, right? I'm, I'm going to walk right off the cliff. Like what it is, it is no holds bar at this point. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out swinging. And so I, it was a lot of introspection, you know, it was a lot of, you know, feeling that true failure of letting your team down, you know, I'm at the helm of the ship, right? And my team has, my, my team is incredible. They deserve every opportunity to be wildly successful. And I, I was failing them as a leader. Um, And uh, it was, it was just that moment of introspection and that moment of um, just saying, if we're going to be, valuable long-term, if we're talking retirement plans, we need to be putting out and and working with clients that want to compete with Geico. We want it. We, you know, we, we need something that we need to prioritize helping people help themselves as a, as opposed to prioritizing getting that paycheck in. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. We had a guy named Brad Casper on the show and he, he runs heart and soul marketing. Like it reminds me a little bit about what you're saying because his thing was we like challenger brands, right? We like 
brands that they know they're the underdog. They know that maybe they are number two in the market, number three, number 10 in the market, but they they feel like, you know, those are the people who are hungry for something new as well. Yeah. And it's kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. You, it takes a client with the right mindset to be able to give them something that's really going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's your, your, it's your insight and your creativity and your reliability and your consistent deliverability. That that's what yeah. makes you valuable, not your availability. Yep. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So with, your agency, you, you guys had this existential crisis, near-death experience, yes. and you said, we are, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out our way. Yeah. And what often happens is you do that, and it's kind of like companies that have a going out of business sale, and then they end up selling so much, they stay in business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. Like, I thought you guys went out of business last year. They're like, well, the sale actually was really good, so we stayed yeah. in business for the year. You're like, we oh, had a yard sale. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So with your agency now, like what, what's the next step or what are you all working on now to make bare hands even stronger and more stable? And like, like you said, talk retirement plan. Talks. Yeah. Well, um, you know, a lot of things you have to keep in mind when you start moving the pieces on the board, um, in Houston here, like I said, there's a lot of agencies, there's a lot of videography companies that are doing incredible work. Um, and it's really, I, I'm finding that it's about building a larger team, right? Not necessarily, hmm. not necessarily, you know, absorbing them or, you know, but working together because I find that, um, I find that the more we come together, the more we like we succeed when we all succeed, right? So it's yeah. about bringing each other up. It's about making those connections. It's about, um, you know, really having a bigger picture in mind as opposed to my little company. It's Houston, Texas, US. What is it that we need to do in Houston to have more opportunities for all of us as a collective right? Like, let's start changing the conversation with all of our clients. Let's start, um, you know, really looking at who are the pieces that can fit on the board to benefit, you know, the clients that we're all working with, you know. And the idea ultimately is, you know, when, you know, giant big player companies look for companies to work with to make Super Bowl commercials, I want them to think Houston, right? Yeah. Nobody's thinking yeah. Houston right now. And that needs not to yet. change. And that's not going to change with my one little company or with your one little company. It's going to change when we mm -hmm. all come together and, and we really start, you know, to be recognized for the creative community that we have here. So that's what we've been changing a lot of too, is trying to just pull everybody together. Like we're not, I don't believe in competition. When I almost got knocked out, it wasn't because competition knocked me out, right? It's because my yeah. own, my mindset almost knocked us out. So, um, you know, your competition is your, those are your, that's your support system. You know, those are your, those are your teammates. Those are the ones that you got to pull together and we all have to change the conversation and really, put our best work out there. And I think it goes with the switch to a yeah, no agency yeah. because 
everyone's going to have a different thing they're good at. Right. Or, or occasionally there's some overlap, but most of the time you find, wow, Bare Hands is really good at this kind of video. For sure. And the, uh, XYZ agency, they crush it at this other kind. And it's easier if you if everybody's like, ah, I do any kind of video, it's the availability, not the ability mm-hmm. that I sell on, then yeah, it's it does feel more like a competition because we're saying we both do the same things. But when we get so specific, it's like, yeah, there's no, we do whiteboard videos. If you want a whiteboard video, talk to us. Right. And there's just not that many others. Like there's plenty of agencies that we've referred work to or had work referred to us from because it's like, yeah, you all do this other thing that our client needs that we can't do. and Or we can't do as well. Just, or we can't do as well. That's a great point. Um, no, that's cool. So I think that the networking from like, I don't even like the word networking, true confession, but just mm-hmm. like meeting people and like knowing people in the space yeah. and knowing what they're actually good at is a really valuable thing for clients too, right? Like it makes their life a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. For sure. But I think just like the main, the main, the main takeaway for me from all of this is like, it's like a, it's like a game of chess, you know, of like how, you know, com- coming from it from just like an ownership standpoint and you, you have all the pieces on the board and, you know, they'll, they'll take out your queen and they're like mate and six, you know what I mean? And you're just like, yeah. you, it's so easy to just lay, lay down your king and be like, there's just no way this can work. Right. But mm-hmm. like, you have to keep playing the game. Like you have to be mm-hmm. relentless. Like, even if it means changing the way the pieces move on the board, which is cheating, by the yeah. way, don't do that in real chess, right? <laughs> <laughs> but in business, you can change the rules, you know, you can change how you yeah. approach a new challenge, you can learn from failure and adjust quickly. Um, you can knock the whole board off the table and like <laughs> let the pieces fly all over the room and start again, you know, redemption, baby. <laughs> Yeah, freestyle chess. Yeah. It's like where you just flip the table and you like see where the pieces land. You're like, more white pieces are up, white wins. Yeah. Done. Yeah. So <laughs> no, that's a it's a powerful image too. That it's like you lose the game of business when you stop playing. Right. You cannot and stop playing. You just can't stop playing. And if you keep playing, eventually you figure something mm-hmm. out. Right. It, it's uh it's like just don't die and you'll You'll be okay. Yeah, don't so, die. You'll figure something fun. Can that can yeah. that be what my episode is called? Can it be called "Don't Die"? Don't die. Just I'll take it into consideration. <laughs> we have a very strict yeah. show notes publishing committee around here, yeah. so I'll I'll discuss it with them <laughs> and see. We'll have a personal conference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, switching gears a little bit. What? What did you use to learn all this stuff, right? I, and some people are, they like pure experience learners where they say, I learn best from experiencing the thing. Other people are like, I have these books I read. Other people have YouTube channels or podcasts. Yeah. What about you? Um, I just keep failing and then I figure it out. Uh, I keep falling yeah. down is what happens now. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Um, no, man. I mean, I think like, uh, uh, you know, just recently I've, I've hooked up with, um, this, uh, this business coach, Whitney Hahn. Um, and she's been incredible. She's helped, helped me mm. like detangle something because it's 
sometimes what happens with when you when you own is is like it's hard it's hard to see when everything in front of you is like tang I'm thinking of my daughters you know where they have like yeah. a giant knot tangles in the back of their hair and you're like, <laughs> like spending hours trying to detangle this thing like that's how your brain can get sometimes so it's really helpful to like Definitely. seek out somebody in the industry that's willing to talk to you <laughs> You know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah. You know, podcasts like this one, man, like I I can't tell you how much I've learned just from listening to your podcast and sort of like having that moment of I'm, I'm not the only agency owner in the world that has tripped and fall, fell, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we should like definitely throw in a little sidebar that Every agency owner feels like every other agency owner has it together and none of them do just for any listeners who are wondering like, oh, they had that person get it so together. Like newsflash, they didn't. Like they, they figured out some hard things. They've got something working, not saying, not trying to take anything away from great success. But everybody, like if you peek under the hood, you're like, wow, that agency's got a lot of issues. <laughs> and I look at agencies for sale all the time and I have yet to find the one where you're like, wow everything just works and it just works every time and it's consistent it's like revenue goes like whoop, 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 oh it's like up down talk to me about yeah. a roller coaster of revenue oh my gosh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's great and maybe it's like hires you know you, sometimes you like trend up but sure. just anybody listening don't feel like you are the only one that has a dumpster fire agency pretty much all of them are dumpster take fires. it from me <laughs> yeah exactly Approved. Yeah. I'm Lance Johnson. I approve this message. Yeah. Uh, okay. But tangent aside. So yeah, podcast mentors. I've That's been a common theme from a few of the guests where they go, yeah. And there's kind of, there's a, I think a natural progression where at the beginning, you don't necessarily have enough to talk to a mentor about, right? Like yeah. your first client, you just got to get your first client and you got to figure out a little bit about who you are. But that was the, actually like I don't know. One of the big things that I see is whether books are your mentors yeah. or the men talking to themselves or investing in a business coach was big for me, like just to get thoughts out of the blender. Yes. You talk about the hair tangle. And I think of like my, like my brain's like a blender that's stuck, you mm -hmm. know, it's like the thing's just spinning. It's not actually blending. And you got to talk to somebody or find some resources or something. I know. And it's like really therapy. Change. That's what I told, I tell Whitney, I'm like, yeah. you're like a, like a therapist kind of. Cause you know, what she has to say is brilliant, but like, also it's just about talking to somebody about it, like a therapy session, like on a couch, you know, yeah. helps you to yeah. like organize and see, and see what it is that you need to see in a path moving forward. So, um, a lot, of, a lot of times for me, that's been, you know, what it was. Otherwise I'm just annoying my husband, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is also reasonable and to be expected. My wife gets a lot of, she's very patient with me because I just, I like sit down. I'm like, oh, this thing's just really bothering me. Like, oh, I just don't know about this. And she's heard it before and she'll hear it again, yeah. but she puts up with it. So I'm sure your husband does the same. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of advice would you leave agency owners with? And not necessarily just like the people starting out, but people who are doing the same stuff you're doing or you know, maybe even bigger, like what piece of advice would you give? Yeah. I mean, I think just the main thing I've learned recently is follow. I mean, as cliche as it is, you have to just follow your gut. And like, I think that 
um, you know, listening to other people and, and, and taking away, you don't have to, you know, follow an exact path that somebody gives you, but you can take little pieces, little bits and pieces of, even from other industries that has nothing to do with what you do. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that like other companies are doing where, you know, um, for example, we do something called UPTO. Have you ever heard of that? It's called, it's unlimited paid time off. So, oh yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's something that I heard about that another company was, was doing. And I was like, well, that sounds perfect for something like my team, because when they work, they are working their butts off. Right. See, I didn't say ass. Nice work. (laughs) I edited myself. Um, (laughs) Auto editing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, and they work really, really hard and they put everything they can into it, you know, and, um, and and so UPTO makes sense for us, right? They can take the time off they need when we don't have deadlines and all of those things. Um, And and that's something that I, I pulled out of something completely random and it was a different industry altogether. So you can just, if you just listen, like, you know, there's lots of little marketing ideas that we come up with when I'm just having conversations with other moms at gymnastics. Like <laughs> there was this mom mm-hmm. the other day that had an idea, like she's like, oh, we were complaining about how our kids, you know, stack up a bunch of toys and it ends up cluttering in our house. And she was like, well, what I do is I'll take a bunch of those toys. And then um, when we're out at the park and stuff, I'll put them out for like a geocacher. And I'm like, that's um... brilliant. And I'm going to steal that idea for a marketing concept. <laughs> so it's about no, it's really cool listening, right? I think if you if you listen to the world around you and, and allow it in, I think that there's lots of opportunities for learning and growing and, um, and just and following your gut, I think, is really important, too. You know, when we were about to shut down and die, um, I just wasn't ready for it. I, I, I knew I knew we had something more in us, right? And so it was ugly, but I fought for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bloody and beaten and scarred, but, you know, sure enough, we're here. And, and, and so, yeah, those are, those are my pieces of, of advice, which I realized was not a very short answer. <laughs> That's perfect. Podcasts are about hearing. I feel like long answers are what podcasts are made of because it's it's where you get the real meat, right? Like yeah. thirty second. I'm a short form contact content. I feel like is fine for discovery, mm-hmm. but for diving deep, it's like we want long form. We want like the real answer and more experience around it. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I totally agree. It it just seems so critical to say here's who we're gonna be and like, you know. This is what we have to offer instead of taking on like, ah, I'm, I'm going to do this only for the money or I'm going to do this only for, like, you need to get paid to keep the team alive, right? If, if you don't make money, then you can't employ anybody. Or at least I haven't found the way to employ people if you don't make money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's got, there's got to be something more there. And this has been a real joy to hear some of your experience, to hear how you did not die and to learn that the plural of Legos is Lego. Yes. Very <laughs> I important will ignore things. forever after this. 
Thanks so much for coming on the show. And to any other agency owners out there, uh, if you know someone who should be on the show, we interview interesting agency owners and we have them come on and hear their story, um, hear what dumpster fires they're solving and trying to put out. And we'd love to have you on. You can go to agencyhacker.io. Uh, and if you need help growing your agency, you say, hey, we're stuck here. We don't have a one-size-fits-all approach. We just say, look, here's some here's some of the critical lessons we learned going from zero to three million. Here's some pitfalls to help you avoid. And uh, let's uncover what makes most sense for you as an agency owner. So you can go to agencyhacker.io um, and uh, either come on the show or get a call with a coach and we'll see if we can help you out. Thanks for listening. Like subscribe and give us five stars if you don't mind because i mean come on that was anna was working hard on that episode she deserves it (laughs) 